0: Welcome everyone to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. I'm your host, KS Garner, and today I'm speaking with the creator, lead artist, and narrative writer of the graphic novel Evermore Falls, Carl Slominski. Welcome, Carl.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for coming. (laughs) Um, Outside of my introduction, who is Carl Slominski and what are you about?
1: Oof, what I am about? I'm about everything at this point. (laughs) I'm a comics-making machine, quite frankly. Uh, And first and foremost, I don't think there's really much outside of that at this point in my life, Uh especially post-pandemic, as it's just uh, staying under the same roof and churning out comic after comic after comic.
0: Okay, um, what is Evermore Falls about?
1: Uh, Evermore Falls is something of a love letter to the Ambla era of kids movies from like the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. a little bit of never-ending story a little bit of labyrinth uh fantastical escapism for kid adventurers something that we're kind of getting a little bit more of these days with like the stranger things of it all uh uh-huh. um, just not a lot in comics uh so with that lack of that genre in the medium i uh i wanted to dive face first into having something a little bit more fantastical
0: Um, Can you explain the creative process from thought and idea of it to actually executing it?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'll say about three years ago, I came up with the basic premise of what the story was going to be. And uh, I thought to myself, this is a really fun, engaging project for me because I can just really cut loose with uh, the ideas and the tropes of the genre. So I I wrote a very, very loose outline of what I was doing and basically just made like a shopping list of the fun stuff that really kind of excites me about those kind of movies, those kind of stories and Mm -hmm. uh, just jam packed it all into the story. And uh, over the course of the next couple of years, I was pretty much full-time penciling, inking, lettering, the whole shebang. And uh, it actually came together pretty organically. It uh, was the most fun I've ever had on a project, uh, primarily because it was online from the jump.
0: Uh-huh. But uh,
1: it was, it's just a blast. And it shows on every page of this thing that I'm just having the most fun I've ever had.
0: Well, yeah, that's great to hear from the pages that I've seen. It's just, um, it seems like a, like a lot um, with, the, with the ink work and like a lot of movement. Um, a lot of, I guess the word would be like, it's dynamic in a way yeah oh i'll take that yeah (laughs) Um, yeah and
1: there's a thing right now in a lot of modern comics where they're not so dynamic and they seem uh a little restrained because they're they're very very much about like making sure that everybody can grasp the story but a little bit of that energy is lost so i wanted to kind of push it into that almost like the manga space which is very much about the feeling and the excitement uh and that's why i think it was served very well in black and white
0: yeah, it's, it is a lot of, there's a lot of energy, especially from what I've seen on the Kickstarter. It's just from those pages. Um, it it kind of not, I wouldn't say the word cluttered. Um, it can be a bit chaotic, which I kind of like at the same time. So, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, so I'll take yeah.
1: chaotic, that's that's really high praise. <laughs>
0: um, So like you said, you pretty much did all of this on your own. Typically when I do these interviews, Um, I speak with the creator of the project and then there's like one or multiple other people behind the scenes. Why did you feel the need to complete Evermore Falls by yourself?
1: Um, I have done work for hire stuff where, you know, you're basically a cog in the machine for Mm a little less than a decade now. And it's, as a natural storyteller, sometimes it's a little stifling to the creative process and just not personally fulfilling for me because I kept finding myself in this place where I would be coming up with all these ideas on the side while working on someone else's and i'm just like well sure this is nice and the paycheck is great but at the same time i'm not getting to explore these things that i have developed on my own that quite frankly are so much more exciting and interesting for me um it basically just came down to um betting on myself for a change and uh that in itself is truly rewarding because it's 100 percent me on the page from the words down to the illustration to the chaos that you have mentioned. Uh-huh. That's all me.
0: <laughs> so, well, I guess, have you ever had difficulty interpreting uh, like writer's dialogue or scenes onto a page as an illustrator? Like, you know, what advice can you give others when they're collaborating on similar projects, I guess, to make, the, to make it smoother for the both of you, really?
1: I found that when you're collaborating the best of foundation for like a good partnership creatively is having common grounds and like a common language that's being used so like when i would work with someone i'd ask them you know when you were writing this what were you watching what were you listening to what were you reading like if you're going to give me a space story i want to know like is your space story star wars or is it star trek or is it Uh something even beyond that like especially when you're in charge of the visuals i don't want to give you a western you know in execution when really you had something more in mind that looked like the Cohen brothers. Uh Um, And a lot of the stuff that I was working on, fortunately I was lucky enough to work with a lot of people that knew me from what I do. And they were just like, just give me the Carl experience, which is great because I'll just go nuts. But I think the first thing that if anyone is going to collaborate with someone from art to writer is specifically to understand what their influences are because if the influences don't mesh, you might get an odd pastiche of something that's totally not what they had in mind. But also, could potentially be a happy little accident, and you will get those really mind-blowing books just by happenstance. Uh
0: huh. Yeah, I think from the interviews that I've done speaking with other creators, they they got the former. They didn't get the happy accident. They got you know something that was totally different, and they still had to pay him for it. And then they had to start yep. all over again. So. It's like, it's pretty much like a nightmare. That's why I wanted to ask because I, I wanted to get it from someone else's perspective. I'm so used to speaking with the writers and not with the illustrators. And oh, I'm yeah. glad I get to speak with you from your perspective as an illustrator.
1: I have a good time playing both sides of the fence, but mm-hmm. I mean, when I'm writing for myself, I know exactly how I'm going to do it. So uh-huh. <laughs> you're getting exactly the vision that was in mind as opposed to like something that might get lost in translation uh, by being a collaborator on a project with a number of people. I'm currently working on another thing that's a collaboration and we have that foundation of similar touchstones and understanding what the influences are and it really does make a difference when like you're completely on the same page
0: was there any difficulty sticking to what you were writing or what you had in mind or what the scene was supposed to be when you were illustrating it because you're doing both like oh you know like how you you wrote it this way and then when you went to go illustrate it, or I'm not sure how your process works I don't know how you whether you do one or the other at a time, but um, did you ever think, I mean, change it, but then you have to think about what it's supposed to be later on?
1: Oh, absolutely. There are whole chunks of this book where I was like, oh, you know what? That's not as cool as it could be. So I went back and I would add something to like kind of set that up in that whole Chekhov's gun kind of manner where it's like, you oh, know, the gun in the first act has to get fired and then pop it in there. And it would literally, since I'm at the wheel for everything, you just figure out a way to make it work. I mean, if I come up with a new idea while I'm working on drawing something, I can always go back and see how I can finesse it into the script. And it's a, it's a lot less treading water when you're dealing with yourself, because it's not like I'm going to get disappointed in me changing something. Uh (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, it's a really organic process in kind of figuring out, maybe I can make this better. or Maybe this doesn't work. I have a whole scene or two that I took out just because it slowed the pacing down and mm-hmm. you kind of get to be your own editor in that way um and it's it's one of those things where it's trial and error i'm very confident in my storytelling abilities um and if i find a place where i can visually push that even further i'll let myself go nuts just because at the end of the day it's a visual medium if you're looking at the final product and it's blowing your mind then i've done both things right the writing and the illustrating
0: Okay. Um, what insight would you give to an up and coming artist you wish someone had told you when you first started?
1: Draw every day. (laughs) Um, it's, it's really, really simple. I, from the minute I wake up to the minute I go to bed, my goal per day is to have at least a page and a half done of varying projects. I'm always working on like a dozen things, um, just to push myself and get better. And what I'm doing with Evermore Falls is completely different than what I'm doing on like another project of my own versus another, because my influence are all sporadic and across the whole realms of creative output. And I think it's especially if you're getting into comics, it's important to draw influence from something other than comics. Because you see those kids out there that are drawing comics that you can tell they've only read comics. They're Uh like. Oh yeah, I get that. You read Saga for like a decade. Okay, okay. Have you ever seen this? And you pull up like some Bon Désigné from France and it's like a completely different method of storytelling or a manga. And it's just, they're all forms of the same medium. But if you put that in the blender with like a little bit of avant-garde cinema or some bizarre concept art you found and just hit frappe, you'll always find like new ways of pushing the medium. And I think the best advice I can ever give to anyone that's starting out is don't just focus on comics, but focus on the art and the storytelling. If you can convey an idea in one panel versus four, you're leagues beyond many of your peer already because it's about streamlined storytelling and conveying the idea to the audience. All
0: right. The last time I checked, Evermore Falls reached its goal um, in like in four days. I think I contacted you like the first day that it, the first day of your campaign. And then now, yeah. what, four days later, it's reached, like how, how does it how does that feel? And this is like your first Kickstarter, right?
1: Yeah, it's my first uh, it's my first one I've run. I've been on a couple, but oh, okay. um, I'll tell you, it was a bomb Memorial Day weekend, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, it's it's incredibly gratifying because I mean, especially with comics, you spend 78% of your life in a studio drawing and you have really no gauge on how people are going to respond to what you've been slaving way over without any feedback whatsoever. except maybe the occasional social media and, uh, you know, especially the last couple years, there haven't been conventions. So it's not like you, you are really interacting with a fan base. Um, So it was really nice to know that, well, shoot, there are people that dig what you do. Yeah. Um, And quickly too, I I was expecting this to be a long, grueling couple of months, like chewing my nails down, but we we got there fast. Um, So yeah, I'm still actually kind of coming to terms with it. I gotta be honest, I still don't know.
0: Yeah, well, I ask that because as artists, we expect criticism or minimum to no attention to our work. Um, when you receive praise, like, I guess, like, you, like you said, you're still coming to terms with it, like, but in your other projects, do you like believe it when you read it or when you hear it? Like, how do you will yourself into accepting praise from others as real and that your work and your projects, um, your talents are are really valid?
1: That's a great question. Um, You know, I haven't actually truly given that too much thought. I get so lost in process that anything ever coming out is in itself a small miracle because it takes a lot of time and energy and persistence to make something, let alone get that out beyond your studio. Um, So I'm always excited that first time I hold the physical book in my hand. And if I hear that somebody else wants the same book that I'm holding in my hand, that's a major victory in itself, Um, especially in comics, because it's really, really hard to kind of build an audience, Mm -hmm. um, especially doing what you do, like becoming known for your style, for lack of a better word. And uh, man, it's, I'm good at taking a compliment, but I'll always have that moment where I'm just like, they're still talking about me right they it was my stuff okay
0: yeah
1: all right yeah i guess i see that um but i'm i'm lucky to have a uh a modest little fan base of people that have found my work
0: who knows how but they have uh-huh. um
1: and dig it and uh tell me they dig it it almost makes it feel like i'm doing the right stuff <laughs> i'm getting there i'm getting there
0: yeah, I can definitely relate. Um I'm also an urban fantasy writer, so Oh, nice.
1: Um
0: I have people like it took me a while to actually tell people that that's what I do. Like I actually self-published two of them already. Nice. And people are like gaining interest even though like the second one came out, I wanna say a year ago, and then the first one came out maybe 3 or 4 years ago. And um like people are interested. They want to know when the second one's coming out. I mean, the third one. They want to know when the physical copies will be available, which I'm still working on with the uh cover artist. But it's like, like, where did this interest come from? You, you all want my stuff. You want me to autograph it? Like, really? Like, m- my writing? You really like yeah. it? I don't understand <laughs> what are you talking about. So it's it's difficult for me to accept compliments for my work because I'm just not used to it. Really. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. It's more more of just for me being more comfortable with expressing myself and putting my work out there just just from doing that alone. And then having the compliments come in, I'm like, I just came to terms with showing you myself. And now you're talking about like, give me me a second.
1: (laughs) There is a level of fearlessness though that comes from like that moment where you decide to like shove it in people's faces and be like, no, this is what I do. Uh So that's like step one. Step two is acknowledging that when you throw it out there for people to see and to kind of consume, who knows, (laughs) you know, who knows how they're going to react. And if they're into it, that's even better.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. Um, My last question is, what is your idea of success? And I ask that because if you're not making money or have regular paychecks, like a full-time job, you're not successful um that's what a lot of us are led to believe so we put our dreams on the back burner or just yeah. give up altogether. um we're hesitant or doubtful about pursuing this career path because it's like highly competitive and in uh, like highly intimidating so i guess what is your idea of quote unquote success
1: to be honest with you i'm really really stoked when i can just get more books out it's one of those things where i'm not there's already a Spider-Man. I'm not going to create a Spider-Man or anything like that. And I don't have any real vested interest in working for like the big two. Uh, I just want to cultivate a nice little niche audience of people that dig what I do. So if that little fan base grows, that's awesome. If it stays, you know, like the same couple hundred people, that's awesome too, because you know, it means people are into what I do and uh, I'll just keep playing to them. I mean, uh, I live a pretty modest, quiet life. So I just make my stuff, put my stuff out, people dig it. That's all I really need. Streamlining, it's very Uh simple. (laughs) But I mean, who knows? Success is redefined almost yearly for people now.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, I mean, trust me, the capitalist and everyone is like, yeah, make money, sell out, do all those things. That's cool. If that's part of the ride, but it's not the end game for me. Mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I'm very interested in just making a bunch of stuff. I have a checklist in my studio of all the projects that I'm working on. And it's, my success is crossing those out and adding more as I keep mm-hmm. going. Cause that's fun.
0: Yeah. It's always fun of completing a project and even just going through the process of it is, is fun. I like, I, I love the process of it. I mean, I'm, I'm like one of the laziest people you meet, but then people are like, <laughs> how am I getting all this work done? I'm like, well, I like it. I enjoy what I do. Yeah, I like counts. It. Yeah, I, 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 uh, um, I just love the process of it. I like, like sitting in it sometimes, just being in it. Oh what yeah. What I really enjoy. And then it's done. And then I'll just, I'll do something else. And so yeah, that's just how I am. And success for me is just enjoying what I do. And yeah. it doesn't feel like work, so that's the best part never
1: feels like work when you love it you know yeah
0: um so yeah that's pretty much all of my questions like do you have anything i I know you're working on more uh like other novels right other projects
1: oh yeah oh yeah i got a full slate for the next couple years uh those are all in various stages of development i've got uh two or three things that are about halfway done and uh, I've got a mini series coming out at Scout Comics this fall called Cult of Icarus,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which uh, should be very exciting. And I, I'm i still working on that because it's been a long summer and it's not even starting. Yet. <laughs> but yeah, I keep my plate full for the most part.
0: Yeah, I, I try to keep my plate full as well because then I get bored.
1: So um... yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's like, you got to get away from that boredom gotta stay
0: busy um could you talk a little bit more about the rewards that are offered on the kickstarter so i mean you still have pretty much a month left until it's finished so i mean are you going to start exploring stretch goals like other stretch goals or anything like that or just stick with what you already have
1: for the most part i'm going to be sticking to what i already have because i wanted to just have a nice lean campaign that's focused on the book because i'm a uh I'm a comic book artist first and foremost, so the end game is always the physical comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got a couple potential stretch goals that uh, I feel like I will probably explore a little further once we're like a full week into it. Mm-hmm. You got me in the early days, so it's the wild west as far as I'm concerned. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, the, the real focus is just the physical book and uh, especially with retailers and uh, kids libraries that are cultivating graphic novel collections, which a lot of them are because it was very intentionally made to be an all ages book. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no swearing. There's no naughty stuff. Um, Just because kids books these days, I don't know if you're familiar with the kids graphic novel scene, they are weak. They are uninspiring. If I were a kid reading them, I would not ever want to pick up a pen. and i'm on to uh listen i'll be real i just want to inspire another generation of really dope comic artists Uh and i don't think i'm gonna get that with captain underpants maybe one
0: i i read captain underpants um it was funny i mean oh yeah it's funny it was me it was was for my age when i read it It, it, i mean i wasn't inspired by it but i mean the potty humor was for you know
1: I still like good potty humor. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I have. Um, I just want to thank you again, Carl,
1: for... Oh, absolutely. This is a blast.
0: Um, So yeah, again, I was speaking with Carl Slominski, the creator and lead artist and narrative writer for Evermore Falls. I highly recommend our listeners to give the Kickstarter a look Back it if you can, and or share before the project of the uh the before the campaign is over. Um, not only is it a great comic visually and conceptually, but the rewards are insane and the pricing is a steal. Like one of them, I think that the retail bundle is like $60. I was like, wow, for five copies, that's not that's not bad, right? You get then, that thing in
1: stores, it'll happen. It has to.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um Again, I'm K.S. Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nerdbirth Podcast. Thank you.